Hello, everybody. It's your boy, The Rated R. I am here with an amazing panel of people who are here to talk to you guys for this latest episode of The Black Jack Pack. We've got Rebecca, we've got Playmaker, TT, Whitney, and Pars. How's everyone doing today? We are blessed. Great. Could be great. Could be worth to get me. Can't complain. It was a good work week. Uh, got a lot of deals done, stuff like that. So, I am glad to hear that everybody is doing well. We got a big loaded topic to go off today. So, playmaker, take the reins. So, um, it was actually I was just going through Twitter because Twitter is hot right now, and somebody had brought up the idea. Well, they were talking about colorism, and then they had approached the the idea of texturism. And then I thought that it would be an interesting topic to approach, right? So we have esteemed guests, so people that would be more knowledgeable about the, the, the topic, even of just tetraism uh, in general. So in order to have a fair discussion about it, I think it's important that we have a definition that works for everybody. So tetraism uh, operates in a similar manner as colorism. It is the acceptance or glorification of an individual's straight or loosely coiled natural hair texture over an in, another individual's coarse, kinkier, or tightly coiled natural hair texture. So I guess, oh, yeah. So that's the definition we're working upon when we're talking about uh, texturism. And colorism, I'll give a pure, a pure example is how us in the black community, when we talk about, let's say Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, we talk about dark skin and viv and light skin and viv, right? And how we, like how there's such a distinction for us between the two people when actually in reality, if they're both playing the same character, their skin color shade is that important to us. So that's when, that's just uh, the very like super basic understanding of it. I really didn't know what texturism was, to be honest, up until Rebecca and Whitney explained it to me, weirdly enough, in a in another conversation we were having. So I, I kind of want to hand off the, the baton actually to Rebecca and really have her points of view of what she's seeing in that sense. Yes, Rebecca. I mean, listen. Okay, so to me, colorism is, okay, colorism is to skin what um, texturism is to hair. You know, colorism is basically discrimination against someone based on their skin shade, not color shade, while texturism is discrimination based on somebody's hair pattern, right? And um, how far it is, well, both of these things, it's like how far it is from European standards of beauty. You know, mm -hmm. both of these things really go hand in hand and are a product of white supremacy and basically just racism, yeah? And first of all, let me just go ahead and say, speaking out against colorism doesn't mean that you hate your skin, but I think it's important to know the um, privilege that some people have, you know what I mean? And I think if we talk about uh, texturism, it's important to also talk about the hair types because not all hair types are the same. And I don't think a lot of people know what um, the different hair types are, right? So I guess just to give like a in-depth definition again of texturism, there's different hair types. Type one hair type would probably be like, straight hair, you know, typically what white people have, Asians have, you know what I mean? Type two is usually like wavy hair, you know, white, Asian, probably throw a swift 10% back in there, you know what I mean? And uh, type three, curly hair, 
uh, like what you would usually see like a typical mixed girl with, you know, like very defined girls. And type four, and that's one of the most, uh, I guess, discriminated against hair types is um, kinky, curly hair. Um, I've only seen uh, black people with this type of hair. So, you know, type four hair is Afro hair. Um, Girls towards the sun, you know, stream aspects, and that—that's basically it. Yeah, I think, I think the one thing about, and thank you for the very good explanation to get everybody kind of rolling. I think having that sort of discussion and, and thing, I think it demands all of us to check yourself, right? And I had to check myself and like really think about the girls I date or prefer or, or date or prefer to date or whatever. And like, do I fall into these patterns? Yes or no. Right. So I think that's where we have to, if we're going to have these conversations, you have to understand that these, this conversation is both personable, personal and cultural all at the same time. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, for me, I mean, like, cause I spoke about it with TT for, for like an hour, I think. And then like, for me, I've, like it wasn't really like texturism. I just like girls with a lot of hair. So whether you have an Afro, which I've dated girls with Afros, and whether you have long wavy hair or straight hair, mm -hmm. I just like you to have a lot of hair. So I was. Oh, okay. That's with my mom in the background. Thank you, mom. Um, but so like I had to go ahead and check myself. Is that something that I do personally, subconsciously make that? I think that's when people. Like the whole, oh, it's a preference thing. I don't think can no longer hold up. I think after a while, you have to check yourself. Why do you like what you like? Exactly. And like, where are those preferences coming from as well? You know what I mean? Like, it's um, a thing to say, but we live in a society where the furthest you are from Blackness, the more accepted you are. And when we have these conversations, especially in the Black community, I've noticed that people, especially of lighter skin, someone tend to take offense to being told that they have privilege as a black person you know like the first argument they usually jump to is like but am i not i was going to <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like but am i not black and it's almost as if these conversations surrounding colorism is like for to them it's taking their blackness away right and it's like oh. yes you are black but you also need to acknowledge that you have one up over other people and i don't mm. think, like for some reason, just like how white people who are poor don't see that they have white privilege, it's the same thing with lighter skinned people who have faced racism, especially those who have faced racism, like they've experienced some type of like oppression. So it's like, how can I have privilege? You know what I mean? So that's why I, I want to segue this part over just to have uh, more people talk about Malika. How do you feel about this in conversation? What are your thoughts on this? On texturism? or colorism colorism oh. to start sorry well there's a lot of things happening with colorism like and then not just within not just against us but within ourselves too like i see a lot of black people like we always want to judge each other um between colorism like we we have jokes about dark skins light skins and like you know like and people and i usually see like a lot of like darker skin people prefer light skins for some reason and then you know like 
and then that just brings a whole you know like huge debate with texturism like like um rebecca said it is huge like and especially in the hair community like we black women we have a hard time being accepted with our hair because even when you look at model industries i was i follow this girl she's a model so i've been following her and she she this model was mentioning about her experiences when she started and when um especially with hair like they tend to always try to put products on our hair and it's like we don't want to use those things like and then when we we say no you lose the you lose a position and like there's so much things that we have to battle so with that that's a huge debate to talk on so mm. yeah uh, the only thing that i would add to that part i am a power ranger fan and the yellow power ranger was black and yeah back to back there are two black yellow power rangers and I, like at the beginning they didn't know what to do with her, her hair and then finally she like had a whole freak out on the set because they were trying to use a product that was actually going to destroy her hair and she said no from now on just give me the money that you would have used for whatever i'm just gonna get my hair braided or taken care of by a black person that can do it Period. right so like it Right, but the, at the same time, they like they even said the only reason that was kind of allowed is because she she already had gotten the role. Like it was gonna do too much pain for them to to switch her out of everything, right? So it was it was like, okay, well we're gonna do this for you, right? And that became something that they later on did with other black female Power Rangers or even just black Power Rangers in general, letting them get their haircuts by black barbers and whatever, because or else their hairlines would have been jacked up. I think, but I, I think I, go first, whoever went. <laughs> I, I think that, like, uh, what a serious point about this that I want to bring up is that the fact that it's kind of hard as a Black person uh, to go for, to operate in a job with the hair that we have. I know personally I've gone through situations where my hair has been somewhat of a problem towards my employment or even my, uh, my growth in a company because of, of my hair. And uh, having to have it in a neat fashion and to not have it, um, you know, naturally done has been one of the one of one of points of conversations that I've had in some jobs that I've been in. Now I've I've moved around jobs a lot, not because of a a, a problem in the workplace, but because I ambitiously want more. And mm -hmm. sometimes in wanting more, having going through uh, that whole vetting process of being promoted, sometimes I am put in the back because of my hair. I think it's something that we all uh, live at some point, uh, colorism, whether that be colorism or texturism. Uh, I think that um, when we, we look at it, uh, I think Malika said a really great point. Uh, we all do it, whether it be internally or externally. I've, I've heard some black people say, oh, I wish I was lighter. I wish I was lighter. I wish I was darker. I wish I was darker. Or, and those are some questions that I think it's inherently in us. We, we ask ourselves, oh man, maybe if I was lighter, life would be easier. But I don't think anybody's struggles are inherently easier. I think we all have our struggles, whether we like them or not. And I know that that is a controversial point. And I do understand that darker people like myself, like myself, remind you, I'm saying this, I'm dark as well. Um, <laughs> you know, we, I, I admit that there is a definite level of struggle for everybody, but the darker you are, you know, the more problems that we seem to face as well. 
But let me retort that with a line from Kendrick Lamar, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. So respect to Pac, please. There's Kendrick I mean, and Pac that said it, nah, but I'm referencing. Pop, you can't do that. Like I'm referencing. Salty. I feel salty. Pac said Pac. I'm referencing to Pimp a Butterfly because I can say it. Reference to Pac first. Pac said it first and keep your head up. However, to get back to my point, I think one of the many things that us black people need to do. It's to stop that colorism within ourselves and within our own communities so that we can help each other heal as well, not separate it, oh, you're light-skinned or you're dark-skinned or your hair is nappier than mine or your hair is, is straighter than mine and just be like, your struggle and your fight is my fight just as much as it is your own. Rebecca, I know you want to say something. You've been you've been dying out here. You look like that kid that you look like that kid that has a good answer from the teacher in the middle of class. Like, yeah, pick me, pick me. Sounded like Donkey and Shrek. Goodness gracious, go ahead, Rebecca. The thing is, this is why I like to make the parallel between light-skinned people and white people. Not to say that light-skinned people are the white people of black people, but saying stuff like we're all black, we're all going through a struggle. Like, that's cool a lot, but it's not, like, it's very counterproductive, you know? Yes, we're all black, but lighter-skinned people are less likely to be arrested, but lighter-skinned people are more likely to get opportunities. There's a lot of research documenting that darker-skinned people generally experience more disadvantages, whether it be, like, socially or economically. So, like, I mean, you're, you're never going to hear that you're pretty for a light-skinned girl, but you will always hear you're pretty for a black girl, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl, you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I'm just like, we can't just put all the struggles into one because yes, we're all black, but no, that but is, you know the that thing is, is very true. But I, I do not, I've, from what I've seen from my perspective from a guy, Titi, we'll get you, don't worry. I, it's rare that we'll see, that we'll see a lot of, uh, of, of females, some females be like, oh my goodness, or this dark skinned guy, he's so good looking, he's so cute. No, a lot of people run to Jesse Williams uh, and to Shamar Moore. And look, I ain't got nothing against those guys. I respect their acting. I respect their work. But y'all can't, you know. Well, men are literally let's, trending. Let's right be now. fair. Let's be fair. Like let's like be fair to everybody <laughs> because we're all fighting. You would be surprised. Dark skin guys are coming up. So, well, dark skin look, the even only the dark, the even dark even skin, the dark skin, the dark black families. It's the a dark skin that generally gets the most respect is Morris Chestnut. Let's not be, let's not lie about it. Yo, and everybody that was part of the Best Man series, they get <laughs> no. all the respect. No. no. He goes Wesley Snipes at the top. I'm rolling my hair <laughs> after him. I don't know why you're leaving out Wesley. But anyways, going over to Titi's point, I think Titi's going to that finishing oh, part there point, before we move to texturism. Um, for the, the thing, like, when we talk about colorism and everything, we need to be aware that it's different in different, like, countries too, right? So, for example, I, I was when, about to bring that up. Yeah, so when, when you bring up, for example, in the States, when you say, oh, um, you know, light-skinned men are also most likely to get shot, whatever, etc. In the States, they believe in the one-drop rule. So, no matter, si c'est zero point, uh, 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 neg yo like you're black you know like they don't care but then you go to france europe you will see like mixed people like not even claim their black side like they're white 
and like mm-hmm. white people will accept them and see them as white and everything and so that's why it's like when we talk about colors and saying oh we need to do this we need to do that it really depends where we are because like mm-hmm. we it's, it's at different levels in different areas and then when it comes to um like when it comes to texture and stuff like that this is really just rooted in racism because when you think about it we've been literally told that like we shouldn't be having the hair on our, our heads for so long at the point to the point where we like we didn't even know how to take care of it because it's like oh it's too rough you know you can't comb it the way you comb white hair and for like generations moms just start perming 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 people didn't take care of their hair no more and then it became the trend where it's like oh black girls don't have hair bald-headed you know everyone's hair is damaged but when you think about it for literally generations we like we lost how to take care of our own hair so that's why after why you feel like you feel like you need to wear the wigs you feel like like it's not normal that we have a whole oh natural hair movement at one point like it's not normal that people started learning how to take care of their hair at like 16 you know whitney Yes. Okay, TT, I agree wholeheartedly with your point. But Whitney, you've been reacting for a hot minute. And I just wanted to ask you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I wanted to ask you. Put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, like, <laughs> to take this time and ask you, how do you feel about it? And do you feel like you have a responsibility to claim your hair and the way that you take care of it as a part of your culture? Do, do you feel that? Or, or am I just tripping for thinking that that's a thought for you? Um, firstly, I'd like to say that I completely agree with what TT said. It is definitely, when it comes to colorism, it's definitely something that, um, it changes. In different countries, it changes. Over here in Europe, colorism is literally, as TT said, a lot of, not all, I don't want to smoke, a lot of light-skinned people prefer their, choose their white side or are more considered as white people than black. And it's actually something that most of them choose for themselves and most mm-hmm. of them are categorized or put in that category instead of versus black people and do i feel the responsibility to claim my black side um i've always claimed my black side so i don't that, that i am black so there is no black or white or different i am a black woman so i've always claimed it i've always been very bold about um being black and being I have not always been natural, but I have been natural for the past three years now. And uh, there's something that Rebecca always says, and I love when she says that, is that there is not one way to be Black. There is Mm. not one way that puts Mm. you in, there's nothing that categorizes you to be Black. So me wearing a wig does not mean that I'm less Black than if I were wearing an Afro and walking around like this the whole day. Um, It's literally, there's different ways of being Black. And I think that regardless of how you choose to express that, there is no right or wrong way, right right or wrong way to express that. There is no right or wrong way to be Black. And, and you know this, what Rebecca, and Rebecca, I've heard Rebecca say that, to be honest. Rebecca, where the hell were you when I was 14? Because <laughs> that line would have helped me out. But it took some time for me to be like, yo, this is how I'm going to be. And this is how I perform. I decide to be black. I don't care what black people say. I don't care what white people say. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't give a fuck. I'll do me. And this is how I decide to be black. Whether that helps, whether, and I hope that it helps the greater majority of black people. I think. 
that's where we can have that conversation about colorism and texturism. It's like, there's all of these things that can physically separate us, but we're still, at the end of the day, we are who we are. Now, if I may ask a question, I know, Rebecca, you've been itching, uh, and this will be your chance. And I wanted to ask, um, if you guys don't want to get personal, that's definitely up to you, but did you have a time where you had to accept the, the, like, the color of your skin, how dark you were, or the, the texture of your hair? Did you, did you come to accept it and, and be proud of it? Did you have that epiphany moment? I know that I did, and I can explain my story later on, but if you guys have that moment, I, I would really I like, I think everybody would like to hear you all share. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I, I guess Becca had to go first. Why? Mm -hmm. I wanted to touch on the other thing, but okay. No, no, touch on the other thing and then segue. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm a try, I'm a try, I'm sorry. Okay, so the thing is, colorism is literally the same everywhere. Anti-blackness is a global thing, okay? I think you guys are confusing racism and colorism together, but like colorism is literally the discrimination against people who are darker skin tone. And if you go to France, you're discriminated against for being darker. If you go to India, you're discriminated against for being I was, I was about to say that. that was... Africa, people are out here bleaching their skins because just lighter is seen as better. That's everywhere. That's anti-blackness everywhere. Now, racism and, uh, you know, claiming your white side because you may have more um, opportunities or, like, advantages or whatever, and that's a whole different, different, you know, story. But we're talking about colorism. So that's that. I just wanted to point that out. As for, um, Thanks for putting that. <laughs> <laughs> As for like my epiphany or whatever, um, I, I mean, I grew up in like a white neighborhood, you know, I grew up in Calgary. First of all, I grew up in Shelburne. I grew up in Quebec, you know, the slums get me. Yes. <laughs> I grew up in Shelburne and then we moved to Calgary when I was about like 10, 11 years old, right? And we grew up in like a white neighborhood, right? So it wasn't until I got to like university. So it wasn't until I started like traveling by myself and like going to like places like Toronto, LA, whatever, that I started being like, oh, it's not, you know, being black is not that bad. You know what I mean? I'm watching a little videos, da 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 da. And it was really like the natural hair movement that really helped me. Cause that started spiking up in like what, 2011, 2012. And that's when I was like, yo, you know, being black is not that bad. That's my story, you know, for example. Um, <laughs> as for me, um, as for me, I've lived in four, five different countries here in Europe. Um, but um, I definitely went to a white school, white Catholic school, was the only black girl along with this Nigerian boy. I've always had my hair put. <laughs> my entire life like literally i from being a little girl i think the first time i printed my hair was maybe like 10 all up to all the way to three years ago and i'm 23 so you do the math um and literally the reason the actual it was actually a funny story because as becca said the natural hair movement was booming everyone was cutting their hair big chopping and I don't know what everyone was going natural and I was just looking at these people like mm, yeah pass I don't know like what if it doesn't look good on me like I had yeah. insecurities I had a lot of insecurities about my own hair mind you I have pretty hair but I just I was just like no this is just maybe just not for me so I it actually went started with a bit my friend was like 
okay, if I go natural, you have to go natural. It started as a bet. Um, I was like, okay. So she went natural. And then, of course, I was like, I'm not chopping off my hair. That's not happening. So I started transitioning. And as I was transitioning now, I started, you know, I had that little epiphany moment, like, hold up. I have pretty ass hair. Like, what? My curls are popping. Can nobody tell me different? So that's like around 19, 20. That's basically when I had my little wow moment. And when I decided to, you know, go natural that I've actually, I was actually, when I actually fully transitioned, I was actually like, I actually cried a little bit. Wow. Yikes. I, I cried because it was like a, wow, all my life, I thought that I had to look a specific way to be accepted and to love myself. Meanwhile, this is the real me. And I love the real me more than I love that girl who that girl was. And that was basically my moment. Wow, that's me. Yeah, almost made me cry. Titi, <laughs> What? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm out here feeling the emotions. Like, whoa. 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 <laughs> it says the meeting time is like in five minutes. You guys want like- what I, what I want to say uh, to, to give a kind of a context of it is that if you're listening to this and, and you feel um, slighted as a black person, if you feel that you've been through these kind of problems and, these, and you believe in these, uh, these conversations that were happening, that they are true and they hold us back, I want you to employ yourself to to let other people know this is this is a show yes and we have a lot of conversations here from time to time but what what the show really is about is enlightening to you guys that other black people are going through the same things too and we're having these problems worldwide and for the first time ever we're using our voices to speak about it publicly in the eye in the face in front of you not caring i come from a from a from a black family who has told me you know that you are black and it's going to be tough for you it's going to be hard for you and I felt it face on. I felt it at every chess tournament I went to. Being the only black kid out there who was actually good at chess with, where white people were calling me monkey all the time. I've been there where I've been learning multiple languages. Well, you're, you're, you're black, you can't learn Chinese. And, and me pushing myself to uh, be able to conversate in that. So black people who are listening to this, please don't look at this as a, as a slight to you. Look at this as an, as an empowerment because we are strong and we are stronger together. And we need to accept that these are the realities that we live in and, and work through them. I also want to say that for texturism and for, for everything else, um, the colorism, that people who are listening to this, if you're not black, have the conversation, learn more about what all this is and what all this means and how people go through it every day. Mental health is a serious thing. And in close, I want to say that this has been one of the most beautiful and inspirational and very, very well-educated talks that we've had. And I think all of you, that if you didn't, if you missed anything, to rewind, and watch it again. Amen. I agree with everything Paris said. Wow. Just I would like to thank every single one of our, our, our panelists and especially our our special guests. Um Rebecca, Whitney, TT, Malika, are all of you women are amazing, beautiful black women. And I hope you never forget that. Truly from the bottom of my heart, I am saying that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully everything will be good. I, I hope that you, the color of your skin and the amazing hair that you all have will be respected. Because um, I've Becky's learned a lot in this Becky conversation. Good, Becky's always been Becky with the good hair. Relax. 
I don't like that. All y'all have good hair. No, no, I don't like that. Good hair. I don't like that. But um, wait. Are we doing like? No, I love my dark skin woman, yo. Honest, yo. What about brown skins? What about the brown skins? Can we get love? Brown skins too. I mean, I dated all kinds. I don't. It's not like I'm discriminating. No, okay, so there's gonna be like part two. So, give me part two in the chat. So, we'll jump refill back in like five minutes. Hmm? Refill the popcorn, refill the popcorn. Okay. So, a quick story, take it all in. So, we will be back for part two, which you will be getting right after this video. So do not forget to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell, and we will see you guys later on. Thank you very much, guys.